On this week's episode of Slashers, we review Blood Harvest, the movie that has Tim Burton's spirit animal and ukulele enthusiast Tiny Tim. Also, stay tuned until the end of the episode for a special track from Sky Tigers. A cocktail of vengeance and lust. This is Slashers, a podcast about movies and horror for those who love horror. My name is Jake, and with me for the second time is my esteemed colleague, co-host, and cohort, Doug. Doug, say hello to the mutant goons from beyond. Hello, all you lovely, lovely mutant goons. I hope you're all doing well during this coronavirus uh, Karen outbreak that we have here. Yeah, seriously, Karen's kind of scaring me more than the coronavirus because it's like two evils at once because they're all diseased. How is putting a piece of fabric on your face that fucking hard? Well, it's only going to get worse with Walmart now forcing you to wear masks. So it's going to be interesting. Everyone's feed is going to be filled with uh, rage, and I'm sure they're going to come with guns. They're like, you're going to take my mask and my guns, and I want to speak to all the managers now. Yeah, right. It's going to be very entertaining uh, news. So take your phones, make sure your your battery on your phone is fully charged, and uh, get recording. We need content. Seriously. Do you ever go to the subreddit Fight Porn? Uh, I, I have not, but now you've piqued my interest. It's porn. delightful. So it's not actual fighting in porn. Don't worry. It's just usually like it's terrible street fights and stuff. It's very much in the vein of like world star. And so mm. whenever I think of Karen's and stuff, like this whole thing is going to be people of Walmart meets fight porn because like usually people on fight porn just have no idea how fighting is done. So I just imagine some woman who's like going to try and cough on people and just get like choked out. So I'm excited. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I I see those videos on YouTube. I should probably look on the subreddit where it won't be censored or, or bleeped and stuff because that's good stuff. That's entertaining. I remember before coronavirus, people were just fighting for... Um, I remember the biggest thing is like, uh, it's called fat people fighting on YouTube. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> it's like bum fights, but just for chubby people, that's crueler. It, well, yeah, they were just fighting. Just look it up on YouTube. It's called just fat people fighting. And it's like they, they cr- crash their car. Um, it was some of it was even on the news. I don't know if you saw where, like, what? Like, ro- yeah, road rage. They they get mad about a parking spot and they both crash into each other and smash each other's doors and just slide over. And two guys that just get out, they they both draw punches and they're both knocked out. Oh so. yeah, I love a good old double knockout. That makes me really yeah. happy. So, Doug, what movie are we talking about this week? We are talking about kind of an underground uh, that's been unearthed filmed lately. It's uh, Blood Harvest with Tiny Tim. And honestly, you can find it on Tubi. So if you're ever one of those people who listens to the show but hasn't seen the movie we're talking about, this is this is your easiest one. And we've done over 20 films that are on Tubi at this point for absolute free. And this isn't a plug for them. I just love that it exists. So please, by all means, go there. If you scroll through, you could find all sorts of stuff that you could review for this podcast. But this is one of my probably favorite Tubi finds in a while, even though we both agree the movie's kind of shit, right? Yeah. I think I, I succinctly put it that Tiny Tim de- deserved to be in a better film, but this isn't bad. Like, I honestly put this like, like blood rage, like minus because like that's it's just slightly below that in terms of how I like it. Yeah. Blood rage. I actually like that one a lot. That was first time I seen it on Blu-ray. Blood rage. I'm trying to think here. Yeah. Blood rage is the one that Thanksgiving with the two twins. Exactly. 
which had like five different names. Because I have the the Blu-ray, and it's it's like the the murders at the apartments. Uh, I think that's one of the names, and there was just a weird one. Yeah, Blood Rage. I think the other one was uh, Killer or something. I don't know, something weird and generic. Yeah, there was Blood Rage. There was uh, Slasher and Slasher Nightmare at Shadow Woods was the other title. Which Shadow Woods is the apartment comp or the uh, that that little uh, townhouse they lived at. So <laughs> kind of a weird one. Yeah, but I mean, even the the brothers kind of look like this guy to me, where like the Todd and Terry, where the like the blonde guy looks like, and then this guy oddly looks kind of like Jeffrey Combs, and then his last his character's last name is West. So I was like, is that like a reanimator thing? But then I was like, oh, the timeline doesn't make any fucking sense for that. And then I just went in this weird, perverse, cyclical style of thinking. So my bad. Oh, you mean the guy that played Gary in Blood Harvest? Yeah, exactly. Uh- yeah, well, it's funny on uh, the special features. You know how he got the role, right? Do tell. Ah, uh, well, hey, they said, "Oh, if you if, can, you show your ass and your dick." You got the part. There and we he go. Showed his ass and his dick. So, dude, I wish I casting calls were that easy for me. I might have a different career at this point. Yeah, well, I mean, they uh, Bill. What was it? Uh, Bill Rabine. Yep. Uh, Bill Rabine was the director. Yeah, I think they were just they're like, we got this movie studio ranch. Uh, in Wisconsin, we gotta we gotta get these actors and and just make anything we can, and yeah. So and I think the the actress that plays Jill in the movie, this was her only role. Yeah, actually, that happened with a couple people, and then the sheriff, his only other role was with Tiny Tim on Tiny Tim and Friends. Oh wow! Yeah, so I mean this this movie is very. This was like kind of one of my favorite movies to re- research because it was so much harder. Than so many other movies that we've done on this show where there's copious amounts of trivia and analysis on YouTube and stuff. So I'm excited about this one. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. The um, But, but after watching it, uh, I think this is the second time I've watched it here. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Throw Llama from the Train. Huh. Yes. Yeah, there's a, there's a line in that movie that perfectly sums this movie up when uh, when Danny DeVito uh, gives Billy Crystal his paper and he's like, oh, what did you think about my murder mystery script? And then Billy Crystal just turns to him and says, it's a stupid murder mystery. It's two guys. It's a murder mystery. And he's like, oh, yeah, but that's the point of the story. One guy killed the other guy. It's a murder mystery. It's two people. <laughs> that's how this one is. It's like, oh, yeah. Who's the killer? Obviously, you know, right from the beginning. Exactly. It, I, I described it to you as like a shitty episode of Scooby-Doo because it's like, oh, it's the other person. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it did help with the body type either. The, the killer's running around, you know, slim and yet they're trying to make you believe that Tiny Tim is the is the killer. Well, they're also trying to make you believe that Tiny Tim could run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is, uh, yeah, Tiny Tim. Um, the interesting thing with this here, too. Is that when Tiny Tim auditioned for this, because he was playing like at a band at the Wisconsin Music Festival hosted by Bill Rebane, and he wanted to get a role in, in a movie. So Tiny Tim, when he went to go do this film, uh, apparently he was stumbling. He didn't remember any of his lines. He was acting like a kid. Apparent from This is what they said. So it's not from my words, but they said he was acting like a kid almost where it's like, am I doing this right? Am I doing this? How would you like me to walk? Do you want me to do this? And you could see it in the finale of this film when he's walking around in the barn. Oh, he's yeah. tripping over everything. He just, he can't keep his composure. So it's really awkward for sure. Yeah. And if you watch it again too, there's a lot of scenes that are just kind of one shots with Tiny Tim where it's like, you clearly he's not around any people. Yeah, very he's static. by himself. Yeah, because he couldn't remember his lines and they had to shoot it different times when he wasn't there. When, when the actors weren't there. 
Yeah, and so this is actually, to your point, it was the director's idea to approach Tim when he made the pitch at the Lincoln County, Wisconsin Beer Festival, Carnival, whatever it was. And he pitches the movie in 1985, and they actually made it, which I think is kind of crazy. Just It seems to me that they he just had an idea and put Tim in it because it was Tim, not because he fit the role at all. And I think it's brilliant to have Tiny Tim in a horror film, but just not this one, right? Yeah, I, I I think you put it the best way. I wish he was in a better film and they utilized him more. Yeah. Because I feel like you could you could still make this movie and you could even cut out Tiny Tim's parts and it'll still make sense. It's it's almost like they just kind of like, well, we got Tiny Tim. We got to put him in this somehow. Exactly. And it, it's frustrating. But at the same point, it's like, I get it. If I had the choice, the chance to make a movie with Tiny Tim, I would. And it inherently gave me like I would never have given a shit to see this movie if I had just read the plot. But to see Tiny Tim in his own clown costume is pretty rad. Yeah, so basically he just played himself. <laughs> yeah, just like the DJ Khaled, he just played yourself. Did you know that there is a campaign in the original Left for Dead called Blood Harvest? I did not know the, uh, the... Okay, so the original, was that like DLC or was that part of the game? Part of the game, but it has yeah. nothing to do with it. There's no Tiny Tims. There's no Big Tims. There's no Garys. There's no Jills. So sorry to let you down, but it's just a lot of research when I was doing came up with that. There's also a book by Sharon J. Bolton, James A. Moore. There's Death Garden Blood Harvest the Game. There's a Swedish death slash thrash slash black metal label. And then the last thing I found with Blood Harvest is it's a spell in World of Warcraft with a hundred yard radius. Jesus, you did your homework. Oh, and there's also the 28th New Doctor Adventures novel of Doctor Who is also called Blood Harvest that involves a vampire planet. Wow. A lot of Blood Harvest, but uh, and, and now this one's getting all the, the praise because it's put up by Vinegar Syndrome. Yeah, right. So, yeah, that's some good. But yeah, I mean, what's your opinion from you? Like, like say you were just browsing the video store and you came across this cover. Well, this cover think? kills, dude. It is super great. Because I, I've listened to Tiny Tim enough to know, and I've seen him and stuff and researched him because, you know, he's just a fascinating creature. Like, if you've ever heard his cover of If You Want My Body, I mean, it's a very interesting guy. And so I knew, like, even though you're looking at a cover, the contrast is set to a thousand and it's very visceral. I could tell who it was under the clown makeup. And I was like, oh, that alone is interesting to me, far more so than any quote unquote plot. What about yourself? <laughs> Oh yeah, I would have been. Uh, I would have loved it if he, if he was the fucking killer in this. Like, I, yeah. I just think that, that would have immortalized him. It would have immortalized him and this movie more. I, I think because without him, this is just your standard cut and paste slasher. Now, let me ask you a question: Do you think that there was ever a point in time in making this movie where he was the killer, but then because of his inability to commit to any kind of physical action and awkwardness, that that might have hampered it? So they might have just kind of dialed it back. Because while he does get a kill, it's with a rifle from a standing position. Yeah, I I, I think so. One once because uh, I, I believe they they changed the script halfway. Or like in the you know in the process of doing it because I don't think they really had a uh, title for it. They just said, "Oh, we're doing this low budget film and we want to get Tiny Tim in." And he's playing going to be playing like a hunt like a hunchback character and like a mentally unstable character. And probably from you know his standpoint of him not being able to run and so they just said, "Okay, well we'll make it a uh, you know we'll make it like a cop out." Yeah, and it's interesting because when you look at the actual killings and stuff, they're shot from a way where it's like just hands. You know, where it easily could have been Marv, but it just it isn't. But uh, have you also seen so everybody's seen the 
Tiny Tim, his face with janky teeth, blood harvest. Did you see the one where it's him holding a bear trap with some dolls in it? I did not know what that was a VHS cover. Or? Yeah, it was really weird. I only saw it in a couple places when I was doing my research. And it's frustrating because it's like if they had a plot involving dolls, maybe I would really like that. But they didn't. So whatever. Well, there is one scene in this movie that it's weird because I'm sure Tubi had it, too, where he's talking to this lady that's tied up in a chair. In, a, in like a basement. Yeah, Do you remember that? right. Exactly. Is it supposed to be Jill's mom is what I thought it was at first? I don't know. It didn't. Yeah, because you. Know, I don't think you ever see Jill's parents throughout the whole thing from what I remember. See, I didn't think <laughs> that they were. I didn't. She didn't expressly state because she just started crying. But there's an older man and an older woman, not like crazy old, but just older. And so I was thinking maybe that's what it was, because like, why are they gone otherwise unless they've been killed? It's very odd. Yeah, that's one of the things uh, like if a good movie, there'd be no ambiguity there. So this kind of goes to either we would know definitively it was or we would know definitively it wasn't her parents, but we don't. Well, there's some great little uh, lines in this film, too. Yeah, I actually took like quotes from it because that's something I rarely do because it's a lot of effort to pause and type and pause and type. You Mm -hmm. got any good ones off the top of your head? Well, I mean, uh, she gets shot in the head by a paintball without a mask. Do you know how fucking bad that hurts? She's yeah, dude. With a paintball, and she just like she just says, "Ow!" You know, you'd be on the floor. You'd have big wilting, uh, you know, sore there. But she gets uh, the the guy who accidentally shot her in the forehead with the paintball. He takes her into town, and uh, he's like, "How about this, uh, some this meaningless thing. sex?" Yeah, he's like, he's like, "You you want to go out on a date?" No, I have a fiance. Then how about some meaningless sex? Yeah, I don't dude. remember if he said bitch or not, but <laughs> if seriously, if she had gotten shot in the forehead with a paintball, she'd either end up looking like Mark Hominick or Joanna and Jatrick because, dude, that forehead would swell up so hard, so fast. Compl- that's probably the most unrealistic part of the movie, if I'm, if I'm being honest. Yeah, that well, definitely that uh, that part. And then there's a scene where um, well, I guess a whole sequence when she goes to her house and there's like that effigy of her dad. And, and it's all painted up saying, get out, you know, scum, because yeah. they lost the, they're, they're basically losing all their properties and the animals. And then she goes to the sheriff and she comes back and the sheriff's like, well, I don't see anything here. It, it's like, how much, in no way in like 20 minutes could someone go in and repaint the entire place. Well, that's what they try and make it is that Gary's doing that. But then also, I wonder if Gary created it so that Gary could fix it. You know what I mean? Because mm. like, how would he even have a pane of glass to fix her window from the brick unless he had measured it in advance? You know what I mean? Like, I, so I gave that part a pass because it seemed like it was this Machiavellian scheme where he like used erasable paint. Then when he saw that she left, he had quickly like, scrubbed it off and was like, ha, I get to be the chivalrous hero. This yeah, this killer I gotta say, Gary, he he's the ultimate simp. I think <laughs> nowadays. So, Goddamn, yeah, this whole thing. Yeah, he's like he's like you went to college and you forgot about me and I love you. Um, All and, I can, uh, because of the way you said forgot about me, and now I'm thinking, don't you <laughs> keep going? Sorry, my brain is yeah. weird that way. <laughs> No, no, I guess we're just kind of jumping all over the place here with the, with this one. But yeah, um, so let's go back to the the statistics, if you will. Probably my sparsest statistics I've ever done on the show because this movie is so ambiguous in terms of movie history. Shot on a budget of, I have no fucking idea. Grossed, I have no goddamn idea. 
Wikipedia says that it came out in 1987. IMDb says January 1st, 1987. Rotten Tomatoes says January 1st, 1982. What the hell's happening here, people? IMDb has gone crazy. Well, the thing is, too, things could be changed on here because Bill Rebane, when they did release this on DVD, I think like in 2003, they made it the director's cut. And he went in and he changed a lot of things. He cut out all the gore and all the nudity because he was trying to run for a Wisconsin mayor or a Wisconsin governor. So he was trying to put this movie in the past, trying to you know, make his version. So maybe that's why everything's all fucked up and, you know, ambiguous. So he tried to scrub it. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, I mean, let's just go back to 1987, if we shall, because we're just going to generally talk about the competition in that way. You had movies like The Lost Boys, Hellraiser, Predator, The Gate. Prince of Darkness, uh, this movie that's kind of my favorite movie ever, Monster Squad, Evil Dead 2, Dolls, Horror High, I mean, Jesus Christ, Creep Show 2, A Nightmare on Elm Street, The Dream Child, Dream Warriors, Dream Child, Dream Warriors, Munchies for Christ's sake, Bad Taste, House, like all of these great movies and there's this one. It's no wonder how this kind of got lost in the shuffle, right? Yeah, kind of to, uh, that's probably why they, they forced Tiny Tim on the cover so much, just to kind of stand out from the others. Exactly, right? Because honestly, I'm not going to say that we're in a horror dry spell, but our our good horror movies are pretty few and far between, and usually it's the very cerebral ones. But, you know, if you did this kind of gimmick with a character who's just like, I wouldn't say revered, but just intriguing as Tim, I think that could work today. Imagine a scenario where a guy like Ari Aster does this movie. Like, that would be a great movie. <laughs> Oh, that would be great. Yeah, because uh, I remember not liking it at first, but I, I sat down and watched Midsummer again. And then Hereditary is great. I loved that the bone I saw it. But yeah, I, I could see this being like a backwood. If you keep it in Wisconsin with, uh, I don't know, who would you have now to kind of replace with Tiny Tim? Like just something, someone you wouldn't even think being in a horror movie like this. Oh, I would pick Axel Rose from Guns N' Roses because he is pathetic and sad. <laughs> yeah, I probably need some more money right now. All the shows have been canceled. Yeah. And Chinese democracy sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever hear so, that? Yeah, you mean, know the Offspring album Splinter? It's not a very I, good one. I know one. of it. Yeah. Yeah. So when they were recording it, they were originally going to put it out as Chinese democracy as a joke. And they just kept having all of these issues, all of these issues. So they changed the name to Splinter and then everything was smooth sailing. So Dexter Holland legitimately believes that it's a cursed name. Huh. Very interesting tidbit of information. I have those. And he's a doctor. So, I mean, if he's saying it, it must be true. Runtime on this movie, 88 minutes, 90 minutes if you do the unrated. Is it easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl? Do you love this runtime? Do you hate this runtime? I like the runtime. It's simple. I remember I watched this uh, just kind of eating lunch. Exactly. It's I like the runtime a lot because with it being as simple as it is, if it tried to insult my intelligence and like draw it out, I would hate this movie. But it's very harmless. Like I could always spare an hour and a half. You know, I could spare an hour of my half to record these episodes. I could spare an hour and a half to cry every night. I can spare an hour and a half to play Game Boy. So, you know, that's kind of the way my life works. And so this integer of time fits perfectly for me. Yeah. And, and like I said, with, with it being just kind of, you know, it could be better. There's some shots in here that, that really uh, stand like there's just one shot. I think it's like maybe four seconds. Tiny Tim in the barn where he's like shutting the thing and he's just kind of staring and, and smiling. And, and, and that's the shot. Yep. So And I remember that more than, uh, you know, years from now. And I'm like, oh, I don't remember Blood Harvest. I remember that shot, though. Yeah, and apparently they shot all of his stuff in a day is one of the things I read, but which doesn't really make sense. But I mean, I guess it's possible, though not probable. I saw that too. Like I saw, I think on IMDb it said the whole film was shot in a day, which 
that's not that's not true that's not true i can objectively tell you that's not true <laughs> no 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 so it's directed but, by uh, bill rebane as you had mentioned who is the director and producer our misfits fans friends might remember a monster a go-go that's his work invasion from inner earth giant spider invasion alpha incident capture of bigfoot uh demon of ludlow the game and then twister's revenge as you mentioned so i mean he has a very schlocky and delightful resume yeah, not only that, a lot of his films are, uh, uh, I think they're uncopyrighted because a lot of them are in in those like 50 movie pack collections. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so to your earlier point, I knew that there was the you know clean version and then there's this version and then there's the unrated version. I did not know that it was because that he had run for any kind of office. And did you, the Vinegar Syndrome release is the unrated, correct? Yeah, it's the unrated. Uh, yeah, it's the unrated cut. I mean, from what I've seen, I, I remember it. I was watching like this is a it's very sleazy and it really lingers on the gore a lot too when they're when they're hung upside down and stuff and and uh, like I'll quote Revenge of the Nerds we've got Bush yeah dude you get some full on labia it's crazy yeah and that actress yeah I don't know why she didn't uh, go on to do anything else I, mean, I don't know if she was just kind of scarred from the movie but or not but I don't know it's like she was she wasn't bad I, I could have seen her in more stuff. Yeah, I honestly, maybe she just got snatched up because, you know, this is the time where people were doing their online dating through VHS tapes. So some guy might have gotten this and be like, oh, this girl's hot. I'm going to send her my own VHS tape. And they got married and had tons of kids and lived on a farm with a bunch of bunnies happily ever after far from Tiny Tim. Could happen. It's Wisconsin. Yeah, right. <laughs> the film was produced by Lezik Brzezinski, who also directed Trapped Alive the next year. It is a fine film that mm. has been, I think there's a vinegar syndrome and a cavity color. So check that out if you haven't. Produced by Frank Kinnikin, which the most relevant thing about Mr. Kinnikin is that his last name is fun as fuck to pronounce. Would you like to try, Doug? Sure. Go ahead. No, you say Kinnikin. Is it? Knicken, knicken, knicken. Oh, I gotta watch what I say. Knicken, yeah, right. Knicken. <laughs> the screenplay was by Ben Benson and Lezik Berzizenskiak, which is funny because he used a pseudonym of Emil Joseph. Can you imagine any reason why you would want that? Emil Joseph. That's harder to say than his original name. <laughs> Seriously, and apparently this this is a really weird one. The story was by Chris Villar and William Arthur. And none of these people have any other credits, mind you. This is all just very ramshackle. But it's hilarious that it takes four adult men to come up with this fucking movie. Yeah, basically, it's uh, four guys came up to write a story about one guy kills the other guy. <laughs> right? It's a, yeah. like you said, a whodunit where it's the other person. Music was done by George Doherty. And this is his only film score. You don't very often see that where somebody's going to do an entire musical score and then just never go back to the business. Yeah, I mean, probably because he was overshadowed by uh, Tiny Tim's musical uh, scores in this here, because he does sing, I think, two songs in this. Yeah, almost fully, which is great to pad time when you're trying to hit that like 90 minute mark, right? Mm -hmm. The cinematography was, was by Ito, and we had talked about this. It was at Shooting Ranch Studios. They had also shot Rebane's The Demons of Ludlow there, and a couple of other ones you had mentioned, even uh, Bloodbeat. So you know, it's a cheap place to film and it's like one step above shooting in the woods because everybody knows how much I hate that because it's like every unless your movie needs to be set in the woods, don't put it there because you're just going to remind me of every goddamn fan film I've ever seen. Yeah, just film it in the woods. Yeah, I've seen I've seen films where it's just like, oh, yeah, we're, it's supposed to take place in the city. It's like, but we'll film in the woods because it's no one will see us filming there. Yeah. How many times have you seen yeah. like a Star Wars fan film where you're like, nope, that's Pasadena. It's not Endor. It's Pasadena. I've been there. 
Yeah, that's like all of Airsoft Fatty videos on uh, <laughs> on YouTube. Star wow. Wars Kid, yeah. The makeup was yeah. done by Pat Cannon. Again, only film credit. Robert Johnson, only other work is Exorcist 3. Again, they have no careers after this, which is super bizarre. And then the music for Marvelous Mervo was written by Tom Zhang and sung by Tiny Tim. Which, uh, yeah, you watch that. It's 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 like, Marvelous Mervo at your service. Marvelous Mervo, that's my name. Dude, that's a really good rendition. Yeah. It's catchy. It gets a little redundant, but it is very, I mean, just like you, I've only listened to it twice and I remember it. Now, let me ask you, is this song or the Ballad of Harry Warden, which do you pick and why? I like this one more. Uh, what? Yeah. You honky motherfucker. Li- it's Tiny Tim. I can't, yeah. you know. The novelty and absurdity of it is is fine. Yeah. Yeah, so, the Ballad of Harry Warden's not bad, but because uh, he also sang a like Gary Jill went up the hill to yeah. the hill of water. It's because uh, I hadn't seen it in a while, and so when he says Gary, I was like, "That's not right." And then I was like, "Oh wait!" As soon as they say the brother's name, I was like, "Yep, another girl's name is Jill." I got it. Clever. Yeah, I, I didn't think for it, but because she has her fiance, who's the boyfriend, which is a funny story about him. I think the, bo- the and he just credited as boyfriend, even though his name um, is Scott, and it's well established in the movie. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, like even the, the credits though. But, but um, I think he had a pretty big career, or not? You know, he did a lot more stuff after after that. But uh, oh yeah, he was a pretty now, big uh, TV actor. Six Feet Under, Spin City, Drew Carey, Third Rock from the Sun, Party of Five, Carolyn in the City, Ellen, Beverly Hills 90210. This guy was 90s TV. Probably because he didn't want to get naked. Because in the uh, in the trivia, he didn't want to take off his pants or his underwear for the for the love scene. So who knows? Maybe it's you got naked in blood harvest. You don't have a career after this. So. Yeah, it's very bold to call out a love scene. Uh, would you like to get in the nicknames for this episode? Let's go. So Tiny Tim plays the marvelous Mervo the clown. Did you know that he had other names that he performed under? Uh, no. What was his other name? So he was born Herbert Boutros Kari, and he also went by the names Derry Dover, Sir Thomas Timms, Larry Love the Singing Canary, and then Tiny Tim. A lot of names. It is, right? That's excessive. Yeah, it's like one for each decade, if anything. Yeah. So because he was um yeah, I was gonna say because he was popular in the sixties. Correct. So yeah, I mean, and it yeah, a lot of different names. So kind of kind of weird to have someone come back from twenty years later, you know, to play a clown. Yeah, he ended up dying sadly in November of nineteen ninety-six. So only about nine years after this. But you know, he had other film parts. He was actually in a WWE Raw episode in nineteen ninety-three with uh he played the Burger King, which is pretty fun. Burger King. Yeah, so it's the King's Court. Cherry of the King Lawler breaks his ukulele. I gotta YouTube this now. Yeah. He apparently, according to the internet, took eight baths a day, never carried a ukulele case, but rather only carried his ukulele and music in a brown paper bag, and then was buried with his ukulele and a single tulip as an ode to his most successful song. Well, I mean, hey, that's we're still talking about him today. So as weird as that may sound, you know, it kind of left his legacy behind. Yeah, honestly, uh, I ain't mad at it. So I, I had wanted to call him Shaggy Too Dope because he has the aesthetics of someone who is shaggy. And also, I could definitely see an ICP fan wearing the exact same makeup. I could see that, too. Or I could also say like dollar store Tim Burton. Yeah, it's weird how similar they look, right? Yeah, when he's out of makeup. Yeah, it just looks like uh, Tim Burton. And um, this is like early Joker makeup, too. Right. Because it- I mean, the, the same triangle eyes. Yeah, it looks just like the Joaquin Phoenix Joker. 
Joaquin Phoenix wishes he had the kind of acting range as Tiny Tim, <laughs> preachy vegan scum. Just get everybody knows I'm vegan, so you can't get mad at me for calling it. It's it's like when white people call it white people honky. I'm allowed to say it. Uh, Etonia Salchek as Jill, and uh, they spelled her name wrong. Did you notice that? In the credits, they spelled it wrong? Yeah, so she's credited as Salochek, but her actual name is just Salchek. There's no spell check. Oh! Oh, God. Well, maybe that's why she never... She was probably so hurt by that she never went to act again. <laughs> Could you fucking imagine? Yeah, I spelled my name wrong. You know what I'm going to do for my resume? They're going to say that I was never in anything. She would have been Meryl Streep otherwise. Fun fact. <laughs> Yeah, so did you have any nickname for her? I don't really have. I mean, Jill, I feel like, is fine because she's very, very bland. Yeah, uh, she is very bland. I would probably say, like, uh, I don't know, well, uh, bodacious. Uh, yeah, okay. Bodacious Betty, yeah. I mean, um, basically, the, the way I see it, like, when they were shooting her stuff, she was just kind of going in for the moment. Like, okay, can you get naked here? Can you do this here? So she's just kind of going with the flow and and... Maybe didn't come to her senses after all that. But I don't know. She was pretty much down for, uh, she probably like, okay, act scared on this part. Now you're going to act happy because she goes through so many ranges of emotions so quickly. One um, after another, after another. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I don't know what emotion to really portray here. Like when she sees Tiny Tim outside on the, uh, on the swing, she's like, someone's outside. And then Tiny Tim comes in. She's like, oh, it's just you. What about this? Here's my pitch. Boobin Steinovich. Boopin Steinovich? Okay, I could see that. There Very we go. Mail order Russian bride. There we had uh, Dean West as Gary. I was going to call him the poor man's Jeffrey Combs, but I've gone to that well of calling people the poor man something else quite a few times. So did you have anything better? I would say the guy who got the role by showing his ass. There you go. Ass man. <laughs> we'll call him Billy Gunn. Ass man. Yeah. Billy Gunn. I'm All right. Ass man. Uh, then we yeah. have Lori Minetti as Sarah. She actually had the second most prolific acting career on this goddamn thing. She was also in a movie called The Game from 1984, which I couldn't believe I'd actually seen, where it's like a millionaire who basically says he'll pay people to overcome their greatest fear. I've got to see this movie now. It is not good. There's a reason it's why not it's not good. a cult classic. Mm-hmm. Because I know, uh, at first I thought Death Game, but that was a thing that was remade with Keanu Reeves, which is a late 70s film. Hmm. I, had an idea, I, I, thought, I thought it was that one. I'm like, no, that's a different movie. Yeah. Oh, I'll still have to find the game then. Yeah, just it's one of those, like I said, we've talked about a thousand times, the uh, merit badge horror movie that you have to kind of have seen to have seen everything. But uh, as far as nicknames for her, uh, I was going to call her Joan Crawford. Uh, reason being, I every time I think of the word hanger, I think of Joan Crawford, where she's in Mommy Dearest, when she's like, no, my why are hangers? And in this movie, this girl is a hanger because she's hanging upside down for most of it. Yeah, true. This is uh, she was the one that kind of dresses like the teeny bopper, right? The, the one that's very 80s neon. Oh, yeah. Pink. And then she okay. gets her black pants cut from ass to twain. He like, rips off the pants and she's got like the black laundry. And you're like, whoa. What were you doing after work? Seriously, what were you to do after work. It was hard for the money. <laughs> so hard. Sorry. Anyway, um, next was Peter Krause as Scott. I already went through his acting credits. I he does not matter. So we could just call him the other guy. How about that? Yeah, other guy. Uh, yeah, basically, I w- I was just expecting him to. Uh, he, w- he was like a doucher at first when he came in. He's like, oh yeah, I don't I don't do this. I, I, 
what do, what do you want? What do you plan on doing with me? I plan on making like dirty love to you. Like just, he should have wore sunglasses the whole time throughout. The- and what kind of fucking dork picks driving into town, talking to a cop like a narc and getting beer when you have Boobin Steinovich there ready to tackle thy schlong internally? What is that? I don't know. Well, maybe he, uh, maybe he's hiding something. He didn't want to take off his pants. Ooh, because he's got a boner thinking about Tiny Tim, mm-hmm. am I right? Yeah, he's like, I, I don't want to see you. I got to go meet Tiny Tim in the back in, eight, in an hour. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to play me like a ukulele. <laughs> then we had Frank uh, Benson as the sheriff. He is my favorite character in this film. Oh, yeah, this guy's great. He, he actually had the uh, probably the, the, the best acting chops out of it. He's like, I have an emergency at my house. My house is broken. Well, can it wait? I've got to go to my softball game. And like, Because as he's sitting there, I was like, did they not have the budget to give him a real cop shirt? And then he says that. And I'm like, oh, God damn it. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, just kind of like the bumbling, uh, kind of like a Don Knotts almost. Uh, yeah, Barney cop. Five. Yeah. I could dig that. So we'll call him Barney Five. And then we had uh, Lezik Brzezinski was the priest, but he was credited as Albert Jaggard. So he has a whole mm. whopping one line in the film, so he doesn't deserve a nickname. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't even remember. And I'm like, the priest? The, the priest? <laughs> yeah, now I remember. Yeah, it, no, it's not Paul Bettany from the movie The Priest. It's just this guy. Yeah, because I was going to say, I don't even remember a priest. in the. But I, now I'm remembering Tiny Tim going to the church and forgive me father yeah. dude if you ever need to make spare change you could definitely do a tiny tim impression professionally i just need to get more uh nasally but uh i, mean, I could try it let's see like tiptoe through the tulips by the, by the window there we you go that, dude uh, gotta squeeze your balls for that i'm gonna pull out my ukulele which i do have actually and you and i can go on tour like the partridge family I'm down. I got to make some more money after this unemployment runs out. Yeah, right. <laughs> so shall we get into the sleigh by play for this one? Yeah, let's go. All right. So it opens up and it's really exciting because it's, you know, it's uh, Tiny Tim is sobbing and he sings that Gary and Jill went up the hill. And then there's the pulley with the dead man being suspended from the ceiling. And you're like, yeah, dude, you know, Tiny Tim's going to be murking fools. And really, you don't even get to the end of the movie before you're like, nope, he's completely innocent, very harmless, like a church mouse. Yeah, that, that was the downside for me, too, because I'm just you see, the, you just want Tiny Tim to be this killer clown. I mean, what's so hard about that? But in the end, the, the drama behind the scenes explains it all but but man that would have made this movie live a lot longer i think and be more notorious i would even take him being a terrestrial killer clown he doesn't even have to be a killer clown from outer space and i would still love this movie yeah it uh or i would have loved like he plays his ukulele and just kind of like makes people's heads explode and stuff you know just go that route very mars attacks meets scanners i'm into it Yes, yeah, so uh, the cr- there's the crime scene where the crime scene where they have the double DOA, right? And there's like the window where you have Gary sitting and looking out all sad, and clearly they're just spraying the window with a hose because nothing behind the window outside is actually getting wet. Did you notice that? It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. I did notice that, yeah. It's so and there's good. The, uh, I think the fire department's there or something. No, it's just ambulance, yeah. but yeah, it's like they're spraying the hose uh, and they didn't even turn it, mind to change it into like the rain setting. They just said like, oh, let's just go full uh, 
pool hose. Yeah, it's clearly like when you put your thumb on it because there's some yeah. mist, but there's clearly like a very flat stream of water hitting the house, making a very loud sound and just careening down. Super silly. Well, we we f- we figured it out. We've uh, we've outsmarted uh, Bill Rebain. So ha Maybe that's why he didn't become governor of uh, Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> the music here is so hilariously bad. Like throughout the movie, the music is laughably bad to the point of you would expect this to be a satire because the music is very much like an instructional video from the eighties. Did you notice how bad, like awkward? Like this is supposed to be somebody's fucking parents being dead and it's like yeah da, 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 yeah like you said it's a training video and then now did you see this when anytime um anytime what was her nickname again bodacious uh, oh, uh boobin steinovich boobin steinovich anytime boobin steinovich turns on her radio or her music it's just the movie yes. soundtrack it's hilarious yeah. when she's in the car i was like what the fuck is happening what shitty station is this it's like, oh, this is uh, the OST for Blood Harvest, you dig? Yeah. So it cuts straight from there and it goes to the auction. And it's so weird where you have Tiny Tim dressed up in his normal clothes. And he's like, oh, don't sell my house. <laughs> and everybody's yelling. And it's just so goddamn awkward. Yeah, you could just kind of splice that now and just put it at like a Trump rally. It would kind of fit right <laughs> in. <laughs> Dude, that'd be hilarious. Yeah. And so while this is happening, there's a montage of a guy being strung up, having his throat slit, having a very precise squirt of blood land on the hay, which is like, oh, this came out of a squirt bottle, but it's kind of adorable. Yeah, right off screen. Yeah. And I was thinking about that, too. I'm like, man, the actors, um, because I don't I've done it once where you have to hang upside down and just let blood drip. Yeah. Um, this was like a project I did back in like 2011. But if you don't angle your head the right way, you're getting all that blood stuck into your nose and your mouth there, too. So I'm surprised none of the actors gagged or anything. You know, maybe they have good gag reflex. Ew. God, that would be <laughs> gross, especially if you're going back to the old corn syrup and uh, red food coloring in your nose. Nose. Thank you. <laughs> so. Yeah. So they, they did a good job. Everyone that got hung upside down. Um, yeah, I, I, I like the neck slashing in this. Yeah, I just thought it was very slaughterhouse type. Yeah, it's very that movie. Exactly. And, you know, it has that kind of shades of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I dig that style of killing. And especially like we said, it, it's very good for limiting your physicality, right? In terms of trying to set up lighting and sound and shots. You don't have to do that. You just have the person hanging. So it gives an excuse to be stationary, but it is more dynamic than just simply slashing their throat. Yeah. Um, but now one thing I could say to you, I was laughing at the line tiny Tim has when, uh, he's like, my friends are dead. <laughs> and it's, it's like the pigs and the cows. And he has like, uh, he has like, uh, Polaroids of like this, his dead animals in, in that booklet he keeps in that photo book. So dark, right? I think one of them is called like Beulah and it's just a slaughtered pig. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> so that was one that had me uh, had me given the lols. That was that was kind of funny. I did have a rollicking good laugh with that. So then we cut to the cute girl dressed like Deb from Napoleon Dynamite, and that's uh, Bubin Steinovich. And she there's a voiceover of her leaving her mom a voicemail where she's like, "Oh, I'm so sad that Dad's had to do all these foreclosures and everything. You all seem really sad, but I guess I'm gonna come home." And then she comes home and there's possibly the worst ADR I've ever seen in my life. Like it's almost like the scene where Tommy Wiseau buys flowers in the room where she's like, hey, have you seen my dad? And it's just the back of a woman's head being like, no, I have not seen your dad. And then she like leaves and she goes, oh, do you think that the bank will stay open? <laughs> 
Yeah, I guess they had to get what they could get here. Um, yeah, she was probably a local it, for sure. Yeah, I was going to say, I think most of, the, in fact, um, the, that that scene with the auction where they're selling the place, that, that I think Bill Rubane just went to a, uh, from what I read in the little booklet here, he just went to an actual auction there. And he's just like, oh, let's, can we film this and just put Tiny Tim on the side? And this is the auction scene. Oh, I love that idea. So, yeah. So the uh, one thing I can say about this too, um, I'm looking at the booklet right now for reference here, but uh, the house is actually really creep. It, it's it's very ugly, um, and I think the house is a character all in itself. I think that that's ugly fair. tile. Yeah, the, that ugly puke brown carpet. You know, it's 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 like one of Tiny Tim's uh, outfits. I think the the house itself. <laughs> yeah, seriously, the pants that he wears and like the overalls and stuff are just so delightfully awful. I'm very enamored with it. Yeah. So she gets home and her little ranch house has been vandalized. And then it cuts to her watching a video, which could, I, I don't know the last time I saw a news broadcast where they fe- like proudly featured footage from six months ago, but they have the footage of Merv that we just saw where he's like, no, don't sell my house. And it's right there again. So it's like, oh, cool. You're filling time. Got it. Mm. <laughs> and then so I, she- didn't ca- I didn't catch that. Not the more attention yeah I'm, i i try and find those subtleties that's what people they want to listen to me talk about butt fucking and little details that they couldn't give two shits about so she ends up going to her little like a soda fountain and she talks to her friend sarah whose name i forgot something something prolific little actress in the game whatever oh she was a teeny bopper hyper colors oh joan crawford ha ha my uh-huh. brain works because she's a hanger man i'm so fucking clever <laughs> So then some dude spits at Jill and she's like, man, he's like, man, it's because her dad's foreclosing houses. Yeah, that was a really na- that was a, that was hocking a loogie. That was uh, ooh. only time I ever seen that was when I went to Tennessee. Yeah, uh, it's kind of uh, what do you call uh, uncouth, if we will. Yeah, it's like who the fuck? Like if I was the if I was. The, the wait the waiter there i'm saying you're gonna clean that fucking shit up you're not gonna walk out of here you spit like that you spit that loogie on the floor get a rag and clean that shit up asshole. seriously this isn't one of those kind of restaurants where you leave your peanut shells on the floor dick face even with that you want to sit with a huge snot it was like a big wad of cum almost i just oh god disgusting Dude, imagine if that's what he was doing. What if it was like a mating dance and he is like of an alien species who ejaculates out of their nasal passage into their mouth and they have to spit it at their partner? It would make blood harvest a lot more interesting. Seriously, I right? I'd so. be so much more into that. Like, hey, did you catch the alien subplot where he tries to impregnate her with his spit? Oh, uh, what? So she gets home and then there's the brick through the window. And I think it's actually very impressive because it's right as she's getting called on the phone and it says, fuck you, bitch. And this is before cell phones were a thing. And even if the cell phones did exist, then having reception in this rural area is not likely. And you had the socioeconomic input. So it's very unlikely that that person throwing the brick was on the phone. So they coordinated that down to the second. Like you could see the guys doing the heist where they synchronize their watches and drive off in different locations. What'd you mm-hmm. think? Oh, I know. I thought that was great. The, um, yeah, the, the brick through the window, the call. Um, and, and another thing too, I actually thought was pretty creepy that, uh, that, that dummy effigy they, they hung with like the red eyes and, uh, it looked burnt. I'm like, man, this is a, this wouldn't fly in 2020, but, uh, I don't know. You go into your house and there's a hanging effigy right in there. Like, yeah, that. dude. That's a dark thing. Like at first I was like, wait a second. I was like, okay, this is just burnt. It's not the thing it looks like. 
we'll move on. Yeah, it's it's burnt. It, it reminds me of uh, of Nubbins from Texas Chainsaw Two. Ha <laughs> ha! All right, perfect. That's what it looked like. Yeah, it was creepy. I'm like, man, that thing should have its own movie. It's or the smoking or guy from the waiting room in Beetlejuice. Yeah, it looked like that. Yeah, so yeah, Beetlejuice and Nubbins. Uh, you know, probably got their idea from this. <laughs> Fucking thieves. So she calls yeah. the cop and she goes to him. And he basically is like, well, you're harshing my vibes. Like we were talking about, he wants to do a softball practice. and He doesn't believe her. And then this is where Tiny Tim goes into this weird, like subterranean hobbit style hole in the dirt and then mm. talks to the woman who's chained to the chair. Very odd. Yeah. And I could I don't remember. Like you said, you you thought it was the mom, right? I, I don't even recall. I thought it was just some someone he had happened to tie down in a chair. I don't remember if that was Jill's mom or not. But I don't think they ever say it, but I think it's implied because it's the only other people who've gone missing. And it gives Gary clear motivation because if he kills all of her support structure, the only person that she has left in the world that she loves is him. True. So like I said, the ultimate simp killer. Yeah, guy, right. Gary. So. Well, he's like the Highlander of sad little cuck boys. There can only be one. Yeah, basically, it's like, if you can't be with me, then you can't be with anybody. So the cop finally gets out to her house, and the house is completely normal. No broken shit, no hanging, no graffiti. And like I said earlier, I think this is Gary, like, very cleverly be like, haha, I've saved the day, and also nobody will believe you, so you better just fall in love with me. Ultimate simp. Then again, I think we are overthinking the movie too much. I'm like, <laughs> A little bit, yeah. yeah. So she finds Tiny Tim at the house, and he says that he's, you know, or sorry. She finds, God damn it. This is what, sorry, going back. It cuts from here to Tiny Tim at the church where he's singing his little hymn and crying. And then it cuts back to them and they go on a walk because he's like, hey, you got nothing else to do. Your parents are just like conveniently disappeared. They probably went on vacation. You should totally come to this creepy fucking abandoned treehouse with me. And I won't say that she like deserves anything she gets, right? At, at 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 all. That's definitely not what I'm intending. But like, you could clearly tell the dude is like all about you. Why would you ever bring up the topic of, hey, remember when I almost fucked you in this treehouse? And then later on, she even goes to the lengths of saying, if my dad hadn't caught us in that treehouse, I would probably be fucking you on the regular, sir. That is so weird. Oh yeah, his his eyes just light up like I could have been what. Yeah, I could have been fucking you this whole time, and you had to find some douchebag boyfriend back at college getting smart. Women aren't supposed to get smart; they're supposed to be in the kitchen cooking. I could have been doing all that and working at a working at a uh, Dairy Queen construction site. <laughs> yeah, construction site. Something so, you're uh, supposed to you love work- me so much you'll kill yourself like my mom did for my dad. <laughs> oh man. But maybe that's why they were all friends with uh, with the animals, you know, Tiny Tim and Gary. He um, had literally no one else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then it cuts back to Tiny Tim at the church and he's like, why are they dead? And the pastor asks him, you know, like, hey, how's it going, fella? And he just runs off, which, you know, even that it's not like, why did I kill them? It's why are they dead? And so even then, I'm not like, I still don't think that he's the killer, even with him talking to the woman tied to the chair and then having this scene. Because it's also like an incredibly long time between this and the reveal. So it's like there's no other like reinforcing structure. And especially when you see the killer with the nylon cap, you're like, that's definitely not Tim. No. And and the whole body shape, too, is completely different because you see him in the green coat and the jeans. Like, it's not Tiny Tim. Tiny Tim's a big guy. Yeah. Barrel um, chest so is some bitch. Yeah. The, the other thing I was going to say, too, I thought there was a uh, they, they just kind of find Tiny Tim as uh 
they just brush him off like the scene where she's in her house in like her nightgown and stuff and tiny tim's in there and he brings her the flowers and she says uh she's like what are you doing here and uh he's like and, and she's already brewing the coffee ready to pour it and he's like oh well why don't you take a seat and i make the coffee yeah and it's like and she's like okay i'll let you make the coffee and all he does all she does is just he just pours it and like well, Tiny Tim didn't really make the coffee, but you know. like very good, Timmy. You did it. But that's the scene where he like goes to touch her, and she's like, "No." And he goes, "I can make others happy, but what about me? Can I make myself happy too?" And he leaves, and it's just like, "Is that your? That's you shooting your best shot there, fella? Trying to have sex with Bubin Steinovich? Pretty weak effort." Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I mean, that's that's the trial and errors of Tiny Tim. <laughs> that's so. Isn't that the the name of the book in the? release anyway never mind uh <laughs> so there's tim and he's talking about at night when i take my mask off i look at myself and the and i may make the world think i'm happy but i can't hide the truth of myself whatever happens i must go on acting acting I'm like okay ban quo calm it down shakespeare yeah I, I was gonna say that i mean it's it's a good line i just uh i feel like he was just reading from the script it's like i could go on acting acting yeah right acting you know but hey, Tiny Tim is crying, I guess, in the whole thing of uh, him not being able to, uh, you know, do his lines in front of people. Yeah, I, honestly, like yeah. this is not the worst acting I've seen in a horror movie this month. So this is fine. No, <laughs> I completely agree. So Jill ends up calling her aunt and seeing what's going on. And then she goes to the shower. You get a gratuitous butt shot. You get some boobs. You get some bush. The water goes off. The water goes on. Uh, bada bing, bada boom. Then Tiny Tim is moping around, looking through the window, and he enters, and she's relieved to see him. It's just, this is the weird, you know, you, I can make you happy. And then the she calls the cops again, and this is like the boy who cried wolf syndrome kind of happening. Yeah, and um, I don't she likes to, uh, she likes to give guys mixed signals. I don't know. Um, but yeah, the cop comes and is like, this is your intruder. Tiny Tim, she's like, oh, it's just you. Take him home, you know. Still, I mean, granted it being Tiny Tim, I, I'd still say, like, what the fuck is a clown doing creeping around my house, you know, and me finding it? I don't know. And he's staring at me through the windows. Yeah, honestly, like, that's enough to, Like that's enough for me to be like, goodbye. <laughs> but, yeah, if they have to drive him home, and I know Wisconsin, uh, you know, if they say, oh, I have to drive into town, that's like 25, 30 miles if that. So where does Tiny Tim live? You know, 15 miles or so away from there? He's going to walk back to the property? Yeah, honestly, it's just, it's awkward, and maybe I just have don't have a good understanding of rural culture. But I'm like, this is that's just cruel to make the guy with disabilities or an implied disability wander aimlessly in the dark at night. Now, good. Yeah, because uh, I don't know. I get a lot of uh, vibes from when I used to, because I grew up in Ohio, so I get a lot of Ohio vibes watching this with like the woods and everything. And houses were not close to each other, so when you say take him home or go into town. 15, 25 miles later. Yeah. So then we're introduced to Scott. He actually shows up. Uh, he was on Kelly and Michael, and he lamented being in this film at all and said that it was promised to him as a, quote, Alfred Hitchcock-like thriller, end quote. Awkward. Well, this is like one of his first movies, though, isn't it? Exactly. So, I mean, 
I I said this on what was it? Was it, it was our humanoids from the deep episode? Funny enough that you're mm-hmm. back again when I talk about it. But like you know, looking down your nose at somebody for taking work is kind of silly because because of the money he made on this film that allowed him to be able to go to other auditions when otherwise he'd have to sit at a shitty desk job or be serving or doing any of a number of things. So it's only because he does this that he get through five seasons of Parenthood. You know. Oh, exactly. Yeah, that's what I. Yeah, that's what I just don't get. I'm like, if if I ever had the chance to work on a low budget B film, I wouldn't bash it in the slightest. I'd be saying, you know, that was my entry in, and I, I would have shaved my ass and walked backwards for a role in a film. So, you know, don't uh, don't knock your first stuff here. Like I said, I would have been so happy to if I was in this film, and uh, you know, if I was him doing this, I would have come back for a you know, commentary and interview. I would, I, I, I'd eat that shit up. Seriously, honestly, the money that you could make on the like horror convention circuit would be pretty legit. Say it's a very, very niche table. You come in here, it's like, who's this guy? I played the boyfriend in Tiny Tim and Blood Harvest. So for all of five minutes, it's like, yeah, let me get twenty dollars to get your autograph here. Yeah, want to do his role half the way. So and see, that's the thing. It's like you know, go all out for especially for these low budget independent films. I, I guess I come from that standpoint too. So just. Oh, some of these people, you know, cross up the ass, you know. Yeah. Uh. So then it gets, this is where the movie takes like a very severe turn. So like when he leaves, he sees somebody running. So he gets basically hung up very quickly, but not immediately murdered. So she goes inside and she's going to take a nap. She gets chloroformed. And then they take the, you know, Gary spoilers takes naked pictures of her on the couch and it's just very weird and there's a little oddness to it later on he is taping together pictures to make a one big picture right in that picture she's wearing a bra which implies either that it was just a gaff or that he then manipulated her further and dressed her while she was unconscious yeah i remember she had her bra in the in the polaroid pictures weird so, right weird yeah maybe they're like i don't want you to grab my tits and I, w- I don't want them to be you know forever on film maybe they had to get well, it like processed at the local pick and save or whatever and they were worried they wouldn't be able to get them done if it had actual nips but those were instant polaroids weren't they the ones where he's putting it on the wall aren't those are just regular five, oh. four by sixes oh yeah i i can see that going bad it's like here's bill rubain's order for what do we have today oh some girl strapped down nude what stuff are you shooting at the the, the, the film ranch? <laughs> yeah, we're going to go ahead and call the cops now. Thanks very much, Bill. <laughs> yeah, it did take a totally uh, dark. Like it just it, it, the tonal shift in that. It's like, what am I watching? Now? Like a like a like a very sleazy, uh, you know, sex horror film from the 80s. Like it, it, it makes a, a huge left turn on scenes like that. Yeah, and then Gary approaches her and like he basically says that he wants to talk to her. They'll have coffee together for a sisterly kiss, and she pecks him on the cheek. He like jokes that Scott and Sarah have like eloped together at a later point, and so there's these weird like trying to be acting scenes. And immediately he blows his wad because while they're having coffee, Marv is there and he like freaks out. He's like, ah, like you're fucking weird pervert. You're like, oh, well, that level of rage is that of which somebody who might murder someone. Right, Gary? <laughs> yeah. So that there you go. You already know who the killer is right there. But now there, there's, a, there's a scene, too, where he um, I don't remember if she was drugged or not, but she's laying on the couch naked and he just completely gets trow and everything everything's like so you're gonna rape her now what yeah that's the second time he knocks her out 
Ultimate simp. That's what I'm saying. Ultimate simp. Well, how about uh, Sarah's death scene where he pins her to the like post in the barn by shooting her with an arrow and then hangs her upside down and slits her throat? That's pretty intense for That's, a movie of this budget. Yeah. Especially, uh, like, like I said, the tonal change on this is so, it turns into like a standard like slasher with Tiny Tim into like this, uh, like this Italian Jess Franco, like, like sexual violence, I think. There you go. Yeah, that, that's what, I, that's, it's such a hard turn. But no, the, the arrow in the hand, that was a good effect too. But you can clearly see with all that hay on the floor, you know, they're just hiding their arm. I think later for Gary when he gets his arm cut. But yeah, I think she did a good job. I I was trying to look, and on the Blu-ray, it, it's very, uh, you know, it's 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 good resolution, so you could see. From what I saw, they were using a real knife. Wow, like, kind of sliding it across. So I'm like, man, you know, you're in your panties, hung upside down, neck slit, and you got a real knife kind of flashing you on set. So good for them. They they made it. They made it realistic. I hope she got some hazard pay for that. Uh, so then it cuts to Marv, and he's moping at a kitchen table, praying yet again. And then uh, Scott is still alive in the barn at this point. And then uh, what I called Nylon Boy returns and finds uh, Jill on the couch, chloroforms her again, does that whole thing. Then the, uh, this is so weird. So he places her under Scott, taunts him. Then the sirens start blaring. He drags Jill off. She wakes up on the couch. She doesn't have any kind of hay on her. No indication anything weird has happened. And then he goes back to the barn, slits Scott's throat into a bucket, and then Tiny Tim's at the table lamenting the slaughtered pig in the Polaroid. It is a very weird series of events that is very rushed compared to the rest of the movie. Yeah, I, I think, um, I don't know. I just feel like they they filmed Tiny Tim's stuff. Like you said, maybe that's true that it was filmed in a day. And they just try to fit all of his footage into one thing to make it work. You know, I don't, I think they said they paid tiny Tim a thousand dollars, had him for, for one day there. But um, yeah, I think that's why the ending just goes kind of so batshit crazy in the editing. Cause they were kind of going with the flow, but tiny Tim could perform and stuff. So that's probably why the ending is so the, the editing is all over the place. You, you don't really have a sense of time. Yeah, really. It, it could be a day. It could be the span of a couple days, especially with her being knocked out. Like, so she gets knocked out and wakes up in the same day with no groggy nicks or ill effects. It's just, it's a little bizarre. So basically, we get to the point where we reveal that who is what. So Tiny Tim goes to Jill and he's like, hey, lady, Boobensteinovich, can you check this out? And she sees, you know, and he tells her that his parents actually killed themselves. But Gary made it look like a, deal or a double homicide so that they would get sympathy, which I thought was odd instead of like life insurance, because life insurance, you generally don't get, you know, a payout if you've killed yourself, but you can if you were murdered. And so I thought that was what the angle was going to be. And then by happenstance, she just happens to see the pictures of herself in the photo album with his parents' suicide note. Well, that's uh, that's why you're a lawyer. <laughs> so that's very intense uh, thoughts. I, I, I would have never fit, thunk of that. So yeah. who'd have thunk it? It happens. So this is where Gary is like, hey, what the fuck, guys? And uh, <laughs> basically... She shoots Marv on accident and they, you know, he keeps pursuing her and they run here and they run to the slaughterhouse and she's under the pig and she stabs him in the arm at one point and he's just like, fine. There's very little dried blood. And it's like she stabbed through his arm, but whatever. From there, they end up back in the barn. He's about to kill her and Tiny Tim goes, Buka, I'm Annie Oakley, Buka, and shoots his own brother. Yeah, I had to do it. 
yeah yeah it's uh it, it, well i was gonna say there, there is a creepy shot like i always try to look for like the creepiness like even in, in terms of it not being you know well thought out and stuff but um when, when gary's chasing jill i don't know where they were like in an in that area with that big um silo and that dead pig just kind of hanging on a rope yeah that's some creepy stuff and then she's like she's slamming on the on the brick wall acting like it's a door that's gonna open i'm like Honey, that's a brick wall. I don't think you're going to get anywhere. This isn't the Hardy Boys, sweetheart. It's not a secret door. So, so, so there's a creepy shopper, that dead pig hanging with the blood dripping out. But then Gary just turns so... I, I think that, well, that's a lot of things with a lot of the a lot of horror movies is that when the killer is finally, finally revealed, they go into that mode of like wide eye, like, ah, nothing hurts me. And I'm always smiling and I'm the killer and I'm going to get you. I'm going to murder them. Isn't that fun? Like it, it, they just turn into like this full full kill. It, it goes to that same emo, you know, where all the all the killers turn out the same way. Yeah, and um, honestly, there's a dumb part where he puts the nylon sock back on his head and then takes it off like two seconds later, and it's like, yeah, no, dickhead, we knew the whole time there you don't need to have a mask in the first place. Yeah, I remember you texting me. It's like this movie is insulting my intelligence. That's exactly why I was like, okay, but why did you like? It'd be one thing if he was trying to make it look like he was Marv, and then that way he could be like, oh, sweetheart, it wasn't me, it was him the whole time. But it's like this is literally just a smushed version of my face in pantyhose. Well, maybe still wanted to keep his identity for uh, for Jill. I I don't know. It, it, it's weird. Like you said, I, I, there's no rhyme or reason to it. Uh, I don't know why. Maybe to show the audience that, hey, he's the killer. Yeah, I guess. Because so, they never actually had the unveiling or unmasking earlier. But anyway, Tim and Jill go up the hill to catch a pail of water. And the cops are out there and they're fine. But then you see Gary's eyes dramatically open. And that's the end of the movie. So technically, Tiny Tim doesn't even get a single kill in the movie. Womp womp. What do you think about Blood Harvest 2? Should it happen? Oh, I'd love to see Blood Harvest too, but this time uh, you got to cast uh, Billie Eilish or um, Nicki Minaj as the uh, marvelous Murbo this time. I think. Ooh, I could see that. <laughs> Nicki keeping... Minaj was in uh, Biodome, so I'm all about her acting chops. She was in Biodome. I didn't know that. Yeah, she's a redheaded scientist who bites the carrot. Arr. Kylie Minogue, not Nicki Minaj. God damn it, I'm an idiot. Uh, Those aren't well, the same person. <laughs> maybe I know Nicki Minaj isn't her real name, but you got to keep with that 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 like a. Uh, that music artist as as some weird can some weird clown for the next one but i could see blood harvest too being uh you know they could do something with that i just wish that uh like you said i just wish tiny tim was the killer in this yeah that you, you'd be probably seeing merch sold to this day at like conventions you know you know like that or they could have made him a killer in the dead by daylight video game you know what i mean oh that'd so. be great yeah because there's uh yeah i i just think you know it was such a missed opportunity you had you had all the right settings there, but it's just you had a loaded gun and you blew your load before you could even shoot, uh, for lack of a better term. Yeah. So I got to ask you, bud, is this a classic, a tragic or a tragic? You know what? I'm going to go against my better judgment for me. I know last time I said uh, tragic for humanoids from the deep. This one, I'm just going to go with slashic. I don't know. I just think it's it's. It's the perfect tragic slasher film, I think, because you had you had everything boiling in a pot. But then it's like it's like you have the perfect ingredient for a stew. You have everything there, and it's like, oh, everyone try it. Well, what happened? Oh, I forgot to put the broth in, and that broth would have been Tiny Tim is the killer. Yeah. So, yeah, to, to quote Tim and Eric, or uh, no, not Tim and Eric. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, what was that guy on the internet? He's like, you done goofed. You done, done goofed. That was two thousand nine. That was a two thousand nine meme. You done goofed. 
How did you fuck that up? Yeah, Make Tiny Tim is a killer. Granted, if he didn't want to uh, do his thing, you could have done so much stuff. Kills off, you know, the hands off screen. Have him be the killer. Fuck. I'm mad. Yeah. I So I'm right there with you. I think this is a... a I'm going to say it's a trashic where I, I do like it despite myself, but it is inarguably a bad movie. Yeah, this is the kind of movie, though, that um, I, I think with Tiny Tiny Tim's voice is just kind of soothing because, you know, you've heard it, you know, all around. But this is a great movie that if you're having a party or if you're just doing work in the office and you have your little TV, throw it on in the background. You know what I mean? It's it's mindless entertainment. I don't know. It's kind of soothing, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's actually very appropriate. I think that, yeah, this is a movie that does not require any amount of brain power to process. So, yeah, it's background fluff. Yeah. So I think that would be the, you know, you have a party well after COVID, you have a party, have this on in the background and just, you know, people, people are probably looking at the screen like, what the fuck is this? I just project it on the side of your house and just let your neighbors be upset by it. Yeah. Well, they probably want to join over or something. <laughs> so Doug, tell our friends where they can find you and what you're working on right now. All right. Well, you could follow me on, uh, I'm mostly on Instagram right now uh, at Doug Bizarro or Doug Wah Bizarro. I think I have my last name on there. And right now I, uh, I don't have anything crazy in the works right now. I've kind of blew my load um, during quarantine. Uh, the, all the films I've done, Gross House 2 and Don't Touch That Dial, they've all been released already digitally. So through Troma Now and B-Movie TV, if you have a Roku, follow B-Movie TV because they're, they're airing Gross House 1 and Gross House 2 every, like every other Saturday night. So you can watch that. Yeah, right now I'm just kind of waiting until everything clears up and I'm writing scripts and stuff. So hopefully it takes off here. But uh, the, the sucky thing about filmmaking is that you need a lot of people and not just yourself. So that's why I, I say Blood Harvest is a go because, you know, granted with all the issues, filmmaking is a very difficult task to get done just to get it, you know, completed. So Blood Harvest has got my my uh, my sympathies because I know how hard it is to work with, you know, troublesome actors. Hell yeah. So thank you all so so much for being a part of this and and for your patience. Honestly, it means so much that we have an audience. So that's why I'm working so goddamn hard to stockpile enough episodes to put out for all of you because you deserve it and we love you. And whether you're a Patreon patron or you're just a regular old schmo listener, if you're a person who's left us a review, I've had some really nice comments and stuff submitted through email uh, that's been very touching to me because especially, you know, doing this extra work, doing the extra recordings and the research that I like to do. Uh, it's pretty exhausting. I'd like to send a special thank you to Daniel Lafollette, Lafayette, Dan, Daniel138. He sent me some kind words that were very reassuring. And so thank you for that. If anybody ever is looking for a way to support the show, just leaving a review, a comment, a share really goes a long way. So with that being said, my name is Jake. And for my friend Doug, we are reminding you to go out there and do something you love. And remember that all work and no power play makes Jack a dull boy. I got you. You got to do the mouth part, buddy. All right. Well, you guys enjoy uh, the rest of your day. So a lot's happened in my life since I last recorded one of these. Uh, Many people may not know that I actually had a second kid. And by I had, I mean my wife miraculously pushed a child out of her vagina in two and a half pushes. Uh, So that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, Kegel game strong. Is that the muscle that's you? I don't know. It's amazing that you could, they just give you the kid and you just leave. You don't have to know anything about what it does or how it's made. It's fascinating. So yeah, 
Um, I don't know if it's readily apparent. So I to go a little inside baseball. Usually I just kind of get into the hidden track. But I feel like I haven't talked to anybody in a while. And whatever. Deal with it. It's fine. A lot of people don't know, but like Brian basically quit the show, which is fine. And that left me kind of holding the pail because what I had been planning on doing was stockpiling a bunch of episodes so that I could take time off for a paternity leave. And so that's why, you know, having friends like Adrian and Doug and all these people come and basically just be at my beck and call. It's awesome. It really, it's very touching. It's very daunting, the idea and prospect of trying to keep this show going with my real job, with two kids, with a wife, with obligations, with the world crumbling apart. But not only just our fan base, but also our friend base that we've developed with this show is pretty amazing. So you know, thank you to those guys. Um, and also thank you to Sky Tigers for giving us uh, their song, Denialism, for this week's hidden track. It was released on their new record, which was released by Sound Investment Records. What I like about Sound Investment is that it's a pun, and that makes me very happy. No pomp and circumstance there, which is pretty great. This is actually the record label's first release. So support them, you know, be a contributor member of society and help this fledgling company get off the ground you know think about it google was once a sound investment records and it was only through people like us that they ended up becoming the tyrannical overlords that sell all of your data isn't it weird let me just be like google gmail it's like oh yeah we have the best spam filters yet i keep getting fucking spam pretty sure that there's a conspiracy there where like uber sends gmail about a thousand million dollars a year so that they can circumvent those spam filters anyway that's beside the point god damn it you can message them at sky tigers music at gmail you can patronize them at facebook.com slash sky tigers or go straight to the source sky tigers.bandcamp.buttfuckingcom uh, this has been fun catching up guys enjoy denialism by sky tigers and stay excellent <laughs>